Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, I think uh, I think things are going to go a little bit easier for us tonight after oh, a 2 nothing win. I mean, it was a weird one. Really a, weird win. It's a weird one, but a good one, right? It, um, I think the the circumstances is basically what kind of sets up the whole, you know, the you being okay with just about either, you know, we were in K with a draw, right? All things considered um, coming off of two losses, bigger game coming up on Wednesday, right? Like that, that, you know, you could tell with a rotated lineup, the team is getting prepared for, for traffic right on Wednesday in the opening cup. Yeah. And so heading into this game, right? I think we're, kind of saying like this is the throwaway and then you basically finish strong over the last two games heading into you know heading into the break um and so you kind of just are hoping to get a result and and, and go from there i mean we had what f- uh fall starting at right back today yeah yeah or i have, or a, lot, right I have a lot of thoughts on that yeah so you know like when i saw first saw the the lineup drop i thought they were going to be in like a three four three, right now uh, with mm, okay. Iviaga and yeah, fall yeah, yeah. outside playing it like um right and left center back and then Acosta and Palacios up high. But, you know, much to my surprise, they were kind of just in a straight up four three three. I'm um, I'm encouraged by that, by the way. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously you 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 don't want to mess around with things too much. And but again, the 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 wet the rain delays and all these different things just continue to contribute to you know, just the kind of craziness of, of the day, right? Because then they're talking about, oh, are they going to play the game tomorrow if the if the weather continues to be bad? And then now they were saying, had they not been able, had they not been able to play today, they were going to run into a circumstance where they weren't able to get a charter flight out. Ooh, um, yikes. Like a private charter flight out back to LA or something along that line. So then that just makes things even worse, knowing that you have to go back and play in the Open Cup on Wednesday. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, all things considered, right? You 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 take a two 0 victory away any day of the week, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of how you get it, um, especially again, given given the circumstances, especially given the injuries that the team is currently experiencing, right? Your goal right now is just to sprint to the end of this month, and then spend the rest of the time getting healthy and ironing out the the rest of the you know the kinks before you head into July. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're definitely right. You, this is a match where you just say any result is a good result. Um, let's come away healthy, and they clearly rotate. Um, like you said, four three three, but with fall at at right back because we're out of right backs. And obviously, Steve Trundolo is a counter press listener because he moved Acosta back into the midfield. Um, and to be honest, it didn't have much of an effect. <laughs> uh, we still couldn't play through the press at all. Um, and I think it's largely just, it's, there, there's a, there's a handful of, of reasons that I I think that's the, that I think contributed to that. Um, but you know, Ibeaga is still in there. Fall is there. Mario, uh, he seems to be back and healthy again. Um, they brought up Daniel Chrysostomo. Um, but then you also don't start Vela or Rodriguez. Now Rodriguez still got an entire half, I think, right? He came in at, mm-hmm. at halftime. Um, so Same that's, Vela. yeah, so that's really promising to me. But like the fact that you sit Vela and you start, you go to Musovsky again after he was pulled at the half against, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on this? Um, Austin. Against Austin. Like 
clearly, clearly you're rotating, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that they stuck with a 4-3-3 in like a common uh, formation instead of tactics. And they went out in the first half and it, it looked really, really bad. Now, there are some mitigating factors, right? Um, the, the delays, like you said, rotations, cross-country flight, second game of the week. Um, all these things contribute to a team likely coming out and looking flat. But I'd be lying if at halftime I didn't think to myself, man, is this team ever going to like create some offense ever again? Because there is just nothing, and there's nothing to write home about at all. Um, build out is still just kind of like this get it to whoever and then try like get it to fall out on the out of right back and then play a ball over the top to either uh Musovsky or Opoku who inevitably cough it up as they try and do too much or if we do play through the middle we'll get it to Chicho and Chicho is going to drive too slowly and then not find not have a runner appear in time to support the attack um so just just really frustrating uh in the first half, the LAFC pick up the ball out of the net twice and twice it's called back for offside. Uh, I think both calls were correct. Um, one had to go to VAR and one was called like whistled immediately after the play was over. Um, but that was, that was nerve wracking, man. I, this team is still, uh, a couple, a couple pieces away and it hopefully, hopefully, you know, getting Escobar back, getting, um, getting Brian all the way back to full health is going to help you. But man, it's, it's, it's a bit iffy right now. Yeah. I mean, and I think obviously when coming into the season, right, with the moves that they had made, the assumption was that this team was going to compete for an MLS cup. And, um, you know, first of all, shout out to the guys over at the Westward Ho podcast who had me on the Talk Smelly FC this past week. Um, that was one of their questions. And they're both Austin supporters. And one of the things that we had talked about was, is this the year that LAFC kind of puts it all together? And I kind of told them, I was like, the one thing that I will say is like, the they still haven't had enough time as a whole unit to really give me a good yeah. idea of whether or yeah. not this thing's going to come together. <clears throat> because unlike say a Seattle, right, where they're plugging in a like a ruse neck, right? The rest of that team has been together for for an entire year playing, you know, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Whereas even the front LAFC's current front three has never really had a significant amount of time on the field together. And when they are on the field together, you can tell they're they're still working out some of the kinks in terms of when to go, when to move, who makes the run, who doesn't make the run. Um, you know, like we had pointed out last week that the that often the or uh, not last week, but on Wednesday um, or after the Austin game was that often they kind of all end up doing the same things, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to come short and get the ball at feet. No one truly, you know, they there is not that sense of who makes the run across the face of the goal and then who makes the run to the back post. Yeah. Right. When when the ball gets played to the wing, and it's those little things that I think they still need to figure out um, with everyone healthy because you just haven't had that at, at all. Right. The beginning of the year it was Chicho that was out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after once you seem like you finally got them all back together, then Rodriguez is out. Right. And so Vela's been the one that's been around, but you can tell Vela when he's flanked by 
um, Apoku and and Moose th- doesn't have much there to work with either. Right? Yeah. In terms of you know just guys who are going to make the correct runs at the right times to give him space, right? You know, or well, even if something... they do make the right ones, they no one respects them enough to really you know to to make a difference. Yeah, it's something that we saw with with uh, um, Chicho struggle with today. I mean he. He would get on the ball and he would have two center backs and oftentimes a a, a midfielder and Nagby would, you know, he'd kind of be in this like triangle of, of people. So he'd get the ball in space, but then there'd be nobody to support him. And I mean, I know I called it a 4-3-3. Oftentimes it looks like a 4-1-4-1 or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's all, it's, it's the same formation with a couple of adjustments here and there. But Musovski and, and Opoku are just not there to support him at all. And the one time that it does happen, uh, Opoku finally catches up, but it's too late. And by the time the ball comes in, the center back's able to keep pace with Opoku and it goes out for a corner or goal kick, I think it maybe even was. So, um, yeah, that, the front three is just not it's, it's just not clicking the way it should now. Again, hopefully you get Brian back, Vela back, Chicho is, is healthy, and you're ready to go and it'll it'll work itself out just because it's a higher level of quality players out there um but for right now it's a problem and the the way that um Musovski can't hold up play at all from the left wing concerns me the way that Opoku just drives endlessly and will meander through pressure endlessly without releasing the ball uh that worries me and these are these are guys who scored you know four or five. I think they each have four goals, maybe. I mean, they both they both scored quite a few times. But Musovski's typically getting on the end of a of a rebound or um, kind of like a loose ball, and and Opoku can create on his own, does create on his own, uh, or will get in behind because of his of his pace. But it's just not something we're seeing right now. So there's there some definite kinks to work out on that front line. But things even when he does get in behind, right? It's off of it's generally off of a long ball, right? Not necessarily like like I said the the buildup that we want to see where the ball you find Carlos Vela on the right and then he makes that back post, yeah, run, yeah, right, right in behind, right? And and that's that's I think where you don't see you don't see quite the type of movement that you want to see that when. When Brian Rodriguez comes into the game, Carlos Vela has actually been more willing to make that run, right? Yeah. As of late, for yeah. whatever reason, right? You see him, like, or maybe it's just the fact that he just knows that that's where he's supposed to be. So uh, maybe he knows, it's not he a knows hard... there's goals to be had there, right? Right, and it's not exactly yeah. a hard charging, you know, run, you know, run where he's going to go put his head on the end of it, but it's enough that he draws attention to give, too often give space. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's kind of where. Um, yeah, like you said, you you want them to try and kind of figure some of these things out, but in a game like this, where again, because even you know, I said you move you move um, Acosta back into the midfield, and the assumption is that you're going to have more more continuity in the midfield and be able to play through a little bit more, but then at the same time, you also don't have the fullbacks to continue to play that way with. Yeah, right? and I, yeah. and I think or it, the center backs, to be honest, right. Um, because Ibiaga is not going to give you the same things as when you have Murillo and Fall there together, or you know Fall and Segura, or whatever yeah. combination that you want to, that you ultimately want to see um, at the end of the day, or Chiellini and Segura. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Uh, 
apparently he's he's according to according to Fabrizio Romano, it's uh he's just getting the final approval from his family and then he's on his way. Keely, yeah, it seems is. like it's more like I think there was another Italian reporter as well that yeah. had mm-hmm. that I think Vince had said was um pretty locked in as it pertains yeah. to Juventus news. He said it's more or less a done deal at this point. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it ultimately plays out. But I think what we're what I want to see is he he become the the next that next recruiter that starts bringing in you know whoever it may be to come yeah, come yeah. play at LFC. Right. So you know when Paul I, Pogba I do, I do sends, think, I do think that that's a a legitimate thing to be able to say like, hey, Chiellini went there. Like there's there's something to be said about the way Galaxy can go out and attract people just because they are Galaxy and they've brought in a bunch of big names before. Um, sorry, yeah, it's not always the right big name. I mean, I think that's that's kind no, of, of course. the problem. Yeah, it's it's not that it's not that it's a a good way of doing business, but um, there's only there's only so many teams, and really up until now, it's only been one team that goes out and gets the big big names, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately Galaxy. So yeah, you know, and again, you you really just want to see it to a certain degree, like even if it's just more of a recruiting ploy or a matter of giving you some some sense of legitimacy in the in the grand scheme of things yes. right yes where um you know like i said if 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 you have a system that plays somewhat somewhat similar to europe but then you can bring in one of these guys you know that that is towards the tail end of his career and again and you're not you're also not loading up so heavily that you're you're you know dealing with the gerard you know gerard situation yeah you know yeah. um you know, I think there's a way to there's definitely a way to do it um without sacrificing everything to get to that point. Yeah. You know, and I think having having a team with a, as high of a floor as LAFC goes gives you gives you a lot there, right? In terms of um being able to to put it all together. Because again, those guys aren't gonna want to come in and play with a bunch of nineteen year olds. Right. Right. Versus you know, I, I have a feeling that a guy like, you know, even though, you know, we've seen from, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the, I think it was on Amazon, that the most recent Juventus documentary. No. So they had the one that was on Netflix before and they have a new yeah, first team. Just, yeah. Yeah. The first team, which was wonderful. It was good. And they had, they had this one that was, um, what's it called? I believe it, it, it followed when McKenney even got there too. Right. And okay. McKenney being this like, you know, American kid from Dallas and see, you know, just, just very different comparatively to some of the guys there. Keelini does, you see, he do, he has no problem getting in there and, and trying to um, connect with some of the younger guys, Yeah, you know? So I think that's where, like I say, having seen, you know, it's maybe some of that's for the camera, but again, you see how many people, you know, how much respect he has, you know, he garners. And so at that point I want, you know, you have to wonder, okay, what, what's the long-term what are his long-term goals, right? Does he does he pull a Patrick Vieira, right, and then ultimately coach mm. at you know NYCFC or something along that line, and then um, you know go back to Europe after the fact because because there will be a coaching job for him if he wants it, right? So, yeah. so yeah. some team here will offer it to him, mm-hmm. you know, um, because of the name. So you know, does he kind of get his feet wet? Does he do something similar to what you know? Because but at the same time, your your success will ultimately help Torrendolo as well. And so he's not going anywhere in LA. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the center back situation. Um, to kind of bring it back to the game a little bit. Uh, today's center backs, I, I the more that I watch Mario next to Ibeaga, the more apparent that it is that Segura and Fall are the ones that kind of keep that partnership together and keep it passing and like the ball circulating. Mario on his own is not enough with one of these like replacement level center backs. Again, plenty of things that Mario does right all the time. Um, you deal with the occasional blunder, but today, today I just felt like there was zero distribution from the center backs. And that was a big part of why LAFC struggled, uh, midfield, not rotating, same thing, you know, same diseases we, as we always seem to have. Um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, Austin FC has this kind of fabled press at this point. And so to see, Columbus come out and press LAFC the way that they did. They're not they're not Austin, but they were still highly effective and LAFC struggled to play the ball out. And one thing that you mentioned also was fullbacks and you know you start Mamadou fall out at fullback and I thought that was uh the end of that experiment as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Mamadou Fall is a great center back and he does not have the ball skills to to play one-on-one. He doesn't have the ball skills to like be in space all that much and like make the decisions and types of precision passes that we want from somebody at, at right back. I think he's great picking up the ball and being opportunistic about getting forward. I think if he's playing right center back, it's a different story instead of right back. Um, but I, 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 I don't need to see it anymore. Um, also, the conversation, I know there was a conversation I think last week about him playing in the midfield and yikes, if he like, if he doesn't, if he looks that uncomfortable there at right back, then the midfield discussion should be absolutely over. Cause he does not have the, the, the press resistance in tight spaces. Like he was dispossessed several times one-on-one because he's just trying to do too much. Uh, now granted he's young. So maybe, you know, maybe five years from now he puts it all together and he's the new Sergio Busquets. I don't know. Um, but for right now, he's he's not a midfielder. He's not a he's not a right back. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's if if you have a good thing going, why why you know why fix yes. it? Yes, yeah, right. So in that sense, I think you you have a top class center back, one mm-hmm. that could easily be one of the best in the league. You know, within a very short time, mm-hmm. given his his set of skills. But and again, he's still also very young and and needs to continue to see put himself in these situations. And continue to learn and to continue to improve. So I think, right, the the worst thing you could do for him is to probably do, is to like you were saying, do too much. Yeah. Right, and and yeah. put him in these situations where you know you're asking him to do things that he may not be ready for. Um, like I said, versus at center back, he's elite. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's elite for MLS, which means there's the potential to be very good abroad as well. He'll get right? there. That, He'll get there. Yeah. His ceiling's that high for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I think when you look at a guy like Mario too, right, to kind of speak on what you had said there, he's he's the guy that you need a world-class center back behind him, right? He'll do all sorts of dirty work. He's going to be that guy that chases down, you know, the last runner, you know, like his recovery. Mario's recovery is phenomenal. Really good, really good. Right? Like I'm, I'm not sure there's, there's very few guys in the league 
that can recover in a one-on-one situation the way that Mario generally is able to. Because, I mean, the one thing is recovering, like getting back into position is just delaying. But Mario recovers and tackles. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's actually really impressive that he recovers and is totally fine defending on an island on the on the fly um where most uh, most guys would just get back into position and delay and wait for mm-hmm. superior uh, like numerical superiority before yeah, they Iliad does that all the time in. right it's delay 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 yeah delay. that's his yeah yeah let help get there right he's not he knows he knows his his physical limitations mm-hmm. Rayo has no limitations physically yeah right so it's just a matter of whether or not he puts it together right mentally right, right? is is generally w- where his downfall right like making an you know, does he make the sound clearance as opposed to, you know, the, you know, the spectacular one that turns into a blunder? <laughs> the cross, like the, 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 the cross right across the, the face of goal to oh, yeah. an NYCFC attacker. Yeah. None mm-hmm. of that. None of that. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's um, second half. Rodriguez comes in. Vela comes in. Uh, Sifu eventually comes in. And that, that seemed to help, like, help us win the ball a little bit more. We were having a lot of trouble winning the ball from them in our press. And there were several moments where I noticed uh, somebody would step to pressure. And this is like youth soccer level explanation here. But like when somebody steps to pressure, you have to step up and cover whoever he leaves open. Right. And Hmm. Janela would frequently not come up, not step. So you'd see like, for example, Chicho would, would step away from the center back and go pressure the keeper and nobody would step up at all. And so then it would just be like ball into Nagby or ball into a center back. And then the Columbus are away again because they've broken the press already with like by just beating Chicho. Um, Sifu seemed to cover up some of that. Ends up winning a ball and heading it back. And then Nagby plays a, <laughs> plays a great assist for Carlos Vela, uh, mm-hmm. who does well to beat the center back to the, to the position. Rides a challenge like we know he does. Um, and then slots it away. Do you think Vela's a good surfer? Because his I mean, balance is be. just impeccable. Man. Yeah, I mean, like, I I thought he could have easily gone there, gone down there, and drawn drawn a penalty as well. Yeah, yeah. But his ability to just shrug that defender off, stay balanced, and then put an incredible shot on frame, right in that same in that same movement. And the thing that I felt really encouraged about was right after that, he's already talking. Right. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's, I think he was talking to Sifu. He's talking to someone else about, you know, what are the rotations? What are the splits? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think, um, especially in this, in this particular game, I don't think they were coming out with a very aggressive press. No. Right. No. Like you'll see them kind of just, if, 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 if Colorado was on the ball a little bit too long, right, then you'd see one of them kind of move out. But it didn't feel like they were really, they're really pressing, you know, pressing to press, right? I didn't feel like they were really um, aggressive in terms of how, when they were going to try to cut passing lanes. Yeah, right? not exactly more... a mid-block, but like the line of confrontation was definitely like the start of the middle third. Like they weren't, yeah. they weren't interested in, in pressing high up the field, um, which is fine. Like that's, you know, it's conserving some energy. I, I You just want to see a little more coordinated when they do go. No, for sure. But again, um, like you said, you're dealing with, you mean how you're rotating? How often are you rotating that many guys at the half? Yeah, yeah. You know what I saw again today, though. Uh, speaking of the press, is especially at the beginning, and they must have fixed it because I didn't notice it after the first, I don't know, twenty five minutes or so. But just like just like against Austin, the right back is just wide open in the press, and I was I'm like, 
what, how are you guys so bad at this? What is happening? I, I don't know if it's Musovsky stepping too high or Palacios not coming up or Acosta not coming. I don't know who's supposed to pick up the right back, but every time they are pressing in the last two games and the ball goes to the keeper, that right back is wide open and Columbus knew it. And they, I mean, they were playing right to it because they, they clearly saw a film from, from, uh, from Wednesday against Austin, because I mean, it was like the keeper knew I can go straight to the right back. Cause it's going to be open. Uh, really frustrating to see for the second game in a row. I, some of it though, like, is that, I mean, like, is that the press trigger, right? Are you trying to force it there for a specific reason? I mean, you maybe, know, may, I think, uh, maybe you force him right, into Because in the Austin game, it's, it's Josh Wolf's kid that's playing right back, I believe. Yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe the intent was, okay, force, force your, you know, your 18 year old homegrown to make the, to have to be the decision maker against yeah. the press. So right? the only the only thing I'll say about it though is if that if that is what you're trying to do is funnel them, you know, striker bends his run from the right wing basically to force the keeper to look to his right. Um and then Musovsky steps up just enough to sell the idea that he's going to go cover this the right-sided center back and then force that that pass up somebody's got to arrive quicker. Yeah. It has to be a midfielder well, or a Palacios it, it looks like so, when the ball does. Yeah, taking a quick look at it, it looks like Musovsky is supposed to be on that on their right center back. Mm-hmm. Right? That's who he's covering the press, and it looks like Janelle is supposed to be the guy there. And from everything I've seen, Janelle is about, he's about 98% late to every press. <laughs> So I mean, and then, maybe, and, then maybe when, and then when he arrives, he consistently overruns it. Yeah, like I don't know how many times I have to see this guy like not bright. Like he needs to go like work with he's like got, an NFL he's D- do the chop like, step and then jockey. Yeah, like go <laughs> come on, man. go work with like a D line coach or something like that because <laughs> he's got to break down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you know, like it's 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 that thing of like <clears throat> like I said, the NFL defensive lineman or defensive end, right? Who goes basically just goes so hard on the edge that they go. F- you know, twenty yards past the quarterback, yeah, and it takes yeah. two steps forward, and then he's you're gone, right? Right. So that that's what I'm seeing in the press is that a lot of times Janela is late to react, and when he's late to react out to the wing, right? Um, right. I said Musovsky kind of has to come down and help again, mm-hmm. but then when Musovsky has to help, then it opens the center back back up as well, yeah. And then also you're going to have another guy be able to drop down, versus exactly. if if Poncho's there on time. Now Ilya can cut out the pass, right, right. But he's just just doesn't have the athleticism, and or the the anticipation, right, right. Like you don't have to be Mario, right, in terms of like being able to close people down, right. You, you just got to get there and contain, That's yeah, all. or just be in the right spot. I mean, like I said, or get into the you know like just move in it like a, a little a more less acute angle. Yeah. Because the ang- his angle of attack is so sharp that he has no chance of getting there, which right? is because funny of because his athleticism. He understands passing angles pretty well. Yeah, like that's how he's his... always kind of made his money but defensively. He but he can't close anyone down to save no, his life. No. So right. anyway, it's just one of those things that, like, when it keeps showing up, it bugs me. Um, the The one thing I will say is, well, how would you fix that? Okay, well, bring in Sifu or Blessing. And it's like, well, we know how that goes, right? <laughs> Especially when it's the two of them. Uh, they are very active in the press, very active covering. But 
I I feel like it's just frantic, right? It's mm-hmm. never it's they they might be in position to go cover that guy, or they might be chasing down a center back somewhere, or you know, they, who knows? They might be pressuring the ball. Um, so you just you just don't know. So the person on the midfield still is a bit of a concern. Yeah, part of me wonders, and I, and I meant to ask you this in regards to the attack as well. Bob being a guy that seemingly is going to make everyone over rehearse things is is Trenelon the type of coach that doesn't make them rehearse enough the patterns of play. Um, because I I know I've heard things in the in the along the lines of like at least from like the way that the coaching staff is kind of broken out. It's like Trenelon and Marco Santos kind of figure out the defense and Ante Razov is in charge of the offense. Right, but is there not enough of a guiding hand as it pertains to how these things need to get done, or at least in terms of how much you should be drilling during these, or should you just let them kind of play as they will? Right, which is the thing that you've seen. Like he's given he's given them a ton of creative freedom. The question though is that when you need to press immediately after some of these different things, does does not having a more consistent pattern throw you off in more ways than one. So the thing about it is you have to, again, this is me we're talking about, right? Not, uh, not a professional coach, but you have to have principles in place, right? This is something you and I have talked about before. The whole Jose Mourinho principles are what you actually work all the time. And then tactics change from match to match. Um, but you have to have principles, right? Typically, this is what we do. And then we change it up tactically as we face different opponents. So if we know that we're going up against a three-man back line, we press differently. We cover differently. We we balance out the formation differently. Um, so I like I don't – it's tough to say. It, it really is like how much you actually rehearse. Like this is exactly where we're going to go and this – or versus the principle of – you guys have to be smart enough to recognize what's going on in the field and make decisions on your own. Um, and that's more of like the new age way of, of coaching, which is how Steve Trundolo is, is described as more of like a new wave type of coach. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to hear that Bob had like a bunch of unopposed pressing drills where there are cues all over the field. If the keeper picks up the ball in this half of the penalty area, this is where everybody goes, get there now. Right. And so everybody runs and then, Oh, he just passed it across to the center back. You know, this is like a very simplified version of what in my head might happen. Um, but I, I could definitely see Bob being more prescriptive with how things go. Um, but ultimately, that, you want to coach principles, though, not not. Yeah, tactics. well, my thing is like if if your if your intent is to press in an organized way, but then your attack is a little less organized and more free flowing, does that not now put you out a little bit when it pertains to? Getting being able to recover defensively. Oh yeah, no, it absolutely does, and that's that's one of the reasons that possession based teams will have a high press, and they will say we got to win the ball back in six seconds, right? And it's because you you become so disorganized and you push so many people into the attack that you are extremely vulnerable to counterattack. So you have to press them in order to win the ball back immediately before they have a chance to get out anywhere. So. Again, oftentimes it's like a principle, right? We send two people to pressure. We send one to pressure, one to cover, one to bounce, whatever it is that you're doing. That's why, that's why 
it's better to have principles and not like a specific set of tactics on how to do this thing because you just got to, you got to get the ball back quickly. That's like the best way to defend is just to have the ball. Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing is like, I'm watching Vela try to pick up the ball in so many different places, but then should they get turned over, which often happens when the ball goes to the feet of, you know, Opoku or any of our midfielders, um, you know, especially when you're playing Sifu and Blessing together, you run into this issue where I feel like guys are scrambling to recover and get back, and that's why the press has been a lot less cohesive than I think we've seen previously, you know, like when a Mark Anthony K and Latif are there together, right? Um, because I think you don't you don't have, you know, if you have a guy like Atuesta, you know, kind of putting it all together, you you're not in need of having to get as crazy with the with the front movement, right? So like yeah. there's times where you just see Vela just hanging out on that left hand side, and like why? Like the guy, his right foot is not going to benefit you anyway. Versus when he's on the right, you know, you're automatically, you know, in fear because of the, what he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. But you just don't. I don't think he strikes fear in the same way when he's operating off the opposite side or through even through the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you know, it's. Uh, you do have, they do need to work back to wherever they were. Um, and that's part of like some teams when they win the ball back, uh, you know, lose the ball, win the ball back. Some teams will recycle possession as far as they need to, to regain their shape and then attack. And other teams are just looking to attack off that counter press because they see the other team is disorganized right when you win the ball back. Right. So uh, it's really just comes down to philosophy. Uh, and yeah, you'd probably like to see them work back a little bit faster. Um, all right. I think we probably covered everything. I guess we didn't cover the Sifu goal, which is, I think from a goal kick. I mean, uh, the, the broadcast didn't see it, it either. So no, was, dude, that broadcast was some hot garbage. Um, yeah, they're, they're like showing a replay of something. Then all of a sudden they, you hear you hear the crowd kind of cheer, but not too loud. And you're like, what? What is going on? Is that a goal that I'm hearing right now? Turns out LAFC scores. That's why it's not super loud because they're in Columbus. Um, I think it's Chicho that puts a little bit of pressure on Nagby, who just steps over the ball. <laughs> like, yeah. He's trying to put his foot on top of the ball and misses. Uh, and then Sifu picks it up and drives in, takes it, and 2-0. Uh, so, I mean... Nagby's Nagby's full display of 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 skill and talent was was on was was for the world to see tonight. I yeah, see, the skill and talent were were on display tonight is probably the better way to say that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like the first. I mean, I guess like I remember one time we were like talking about. I think I like tweeted out something talking about like, oh, who's that midfielder that we need? Mm-hmm. That we need, right? That tempo setter, right? And it's like. And obviously, we ended with Acosta, right? Which is, I think, mm-hmm. is probably a better fit. But I remember I had like brought up, you know, someone in that Darlington Nagby mold, and Vince had made some comment about how, what you don't like backwards passes, um, <laughs> and that backwards pass did not help him very much. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. Which, to my retort, was, I mean, Jordan Henderson backwards passed his way to, you know, winning every single cup he yeah. probably could get his hands on so far. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I like Darlington Nagby as a player. I think he's, I think he's a very skilled player, probably more skilled than a lot of midfielders in MLS. Um, but yeah, just too, 
two really bad mistakes today. Yeah. Uh, and LAFC were able to capitalize, which is something that we haven't been able to say for a little while. So good on them. And if, and if that's what it takes to get Carlos Vela going, look out. Because yeah. he looks, I will say that he looks engaged. Which it's hard, you know, again, we which will you don't see, often get. Josh, we will I'm see. I'm telling you, he looks like he cares. <laughs> I, He's pressing. I, I want to believe, Josh. I want to believe. We won. I'm trying to stay positive. I want to believe that Vela is engaged. All right. So we did ask for questions. Uh, I also ask. I also asked everybody if they had any segment ideas or things that they like that we do that they want to hear in case there's something that they want to hear more regularly from us. Uh, so we'll probably get a mixed bag of questions here. Uh, first one is from at Wonderful. Still looking for those run of play goals, but I'm pumped for the win during this congested schedule. So, I mean, yeah, kind of exactly what we're saying, right? A bit of a lackluster performance. You uh, escape with three points, which is unexpected, I think, from everybody based on current form and, and what's going on. And yeah, yeah like we're thrilled. We're, we are thrilled with that result. Um, did did Austin play today, or do they play tomorrow? I think they play tomorrow. Okay, so we'll Let's see. Hear. We'll see how the standings look at the. Uh, at the yeah, that always weirds me out about like how they do the standings in uh, in in EPL, where it'd be like Liverpool's top of the league, and then the next morning they're not in the top of the league anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, that, wait like, till that everyone played the their games. With- that was like the whole thing with Austin, right? They were tweeting like, oh, nothing better than breakfast tacos and finding out you're top of the table. And it's like LAFC would win that night. And oh, yeah, I guess we're not anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. Really weird how so, that happens. Yeah. Austin, <laughs> Dallas, and LA have yet to play this week. Okay. Or this. The, so they, I think they all play tomorrow. Okay. All right. Next one at Yoyo Torre 66. Who will be leaving LAFC for Chiellini? LAFC needs an international roster slot. Um, Daniel Henry, yeah, is is the one for me based on when he's his high salary. Salary. Uh-huh. And salary, he he probably has some value right around the league, right? He's yeah. the guy that he's got a reputation um, he, he from all everything. Plays for Canada still, so uh-huh. I would absolutely try and cap. I mean, they signed him on a free, didn't they? I believe so. For me, that's it. Like yeah. he's on a high salary. You signed him on a free. Flip him for a hundred and gam or whatever Garber bucks you want and, uh, and move on. Would I, would I prefer to have Henry over Ibeaga? Sure. But I don't think Ibeaga is an international player right now. No. And I, and I don't, I also, I don't think he's going to give you, he's not going to carry the same value that you're going to get from Henry. So yeah, he's going to be the minimum, fifth center back by yeah. August. I think what you got to do is Fingers try crossed. and flip, flip Henry for a right a backup right back. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like flipping for a backup right back frees up the spot, gives you depth, you know, gives you the depth you need at right back and then you then you call it a day and then find yeah. your DP. Cuz this team seriously looks so much different when Escobar is playing right back. Mm-hmm. Not that you're going to get somebody of the caliber of Escobar, but if you have somebody even that can even imitate what he does, um then I think I think it's going to suit them very well. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you. Give me like a Steven Betashore. You know, I just need someone to come in and be competent. Yeah. Right. Right. Knows the system isn't going to, you know, you're not, they're not asking them to do too much. It's not sticking, you know, Mamadou fall there and, 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 you know, and, and, and hoping for getting, the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what I'll are we going to get though, Josh? 
uh, they'll move Henry and they won't sign any right backs. And it'll just be Fall or Mario or Segura that takes over that spot. Yeah. I mean, I think but, part of it too is that you have to wonder what what the, you know, what's the prognosis for um, Ryan Hollingshead at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That that's kind of like I think the looming thing there because I think like I said at that point where you're kind of okay with with having him be that that rotational piece, right? Because I think at a certain point you you end up with too many mouths to feed. Yeah. So like so say, like some someone like the situation with Kimun Wan where you know again would do I want him starting? No, but was he a, a solid solution at right back and could have probably improved his game and benefited from continuing to be here. Sure. Yeah. Too um, much money though. Yeah. Too much money. And he has, you know, he has aspirations, right? None of which were going to going to happen if he stayed. So, yeah. you know, I think it's, you know, you're going to run into that situation where it's like, you know, not everyone is on the same page as you as it pertains to, you know, where they're at in their career. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we need some Academy kids to come through. Cause that's that's ideally who you want, right? Somebody that costs you nothing, but mm-hmm. can give you thirty to sixty minutes every week at that spot to keep Escobar healthy, right? And Dwayne uses is hurt, and the other kid that they had signed Gaines has I feel like has been hurt since they got him. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next one at Lavanda Popular. Uh, what's your starting eleven for next week's Trafico, and what tactics do you want to see versus Vanny? Ooh. I don't know if I'm prepared for this one, Josh. Um, let's see. So you're likely, you know, if you're going to, I'm going to say you're going to go with your front three. It's got to be Chicho, Vela, Rodriguez, if everyone is healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if it's so, if right, if you're still worried about Rodriguez's fitness, right, you probably start a Poku and then bring in Rodriguez, you know, at the, at the half or some, you know, at a certain time. Um, but Rodriguez, even before he got hurt in that last Trafico, was giving them fits already. Mm-hmm. Right, he was the one that looked mm-hmm. dangerous. He was the one that was putting them into good situations. Um, and so I think you go there. Your midfield is probably going to be Pancho or no, Janela, uh, Sifu, Acosta, Ilie is what I would like to see. I think I might go blessing. Is, is he available? Oh yeah, he's hurt. Never mind. It's yeah. Sifu. My bad. Right. So, so it's yeah. it's Sifu. It's Sifu Acosta Ilie, and then you you hope that, um, you know that uh, Escobar is ready and good to go at right back because I think him him being gone in that first one also is a big miss, right? Because I think yeah. you start Hollings head there. So should Escobar be healthy, then I think you have to go Escobar, Fall Mario. Palacios. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple things there. I I'm, I'm right there with you on the, uh, on the 11. Um, Galaxy are going to come at you in a four, four, two. Uh, they are going to be fast down the wings and they're going to put balls in for Chicharito to try and clean up. That's, I mean, there's nothing all that earth shattering about what they do. Um, I do think a solid right back like Escobar is going to help you pin Raheem Edwards um, back where he should be and where he should stay. But, you know, he didn't take our advice when he was with LAFC, so why would he take it now? Uh, 
Brian Rodriguez has plenty of juice, and we've seen him dice up Julian Araujo. Um, so those guys are going to be left exposed a lot as they push their wingers forward to try and outnumber or just match up with your four-man back line, right? Um, so there's going to be plenty of time for the wingers to attack them. Uh, Edwards is no match for Vela, and Araujo's no match for Rodriguez. What it really depends on is do those two get the right amount of support from Chicho and um, Acosta and, and Sifu? And I think Acosta and Rodriguez are a good partnership. I think I think they can definitely have plenty of success building down the left with those two and Palacios included. Uh, again, if Escobar's there, it's a real nightmare scenario for Edwards where either Vela stays high and pins him back or he drops in and then Escobar runs by as Edwards is man-marking uh, Vela. So... And we've seen Escobar be plenty dangerous once he's in behind. Like he's he's really a great player. He's a fun guy to watch. So um, that's that's what I do. Yeah, we'll I mean, and, and the Galaxy midfield, in, like so, the last few games they've been in a four-two-three-one with Costa in the hole. Mm, okay. Um, because they've just been, I think he's been poor off coming off the right, and they've they've been trying to get Grandisier and Cabral mm. to you know, kind of jumpstart those guys too. Efra, I don't think has really, like he hasn't played. Like You that, know, I heard I heard lots of, you know, oh, he's in shape. Oh, he's eating right. Oh, he, he looks like the same slow technical player who's got some good ideas, but he's not a professional athlete, right? Well, yeah. I mean, again, and, you know, he's, like I said, he, it looks like they've been kind of rotating, um, Efra and Costa trying to figure out which how what what that looks like, but the problem is like from a defensive perspective they're gonna they're just gonna be in a double pivot, and so you know they're they're going to be their their midfield should be exposed to be able to play through should you actually yeah. be able should you try right yeah. because um yeah I mean it's, if it's they come kind of, in a four four two there's like you outnumber them in the midfield yeah because. Yeah. The two defensive mids will be on on your two attacking mids, and Ilya will be open unless they play a striker underneath, which is what I would do, actually. <laughs> I would come in a 4-4-1-1, yeah. one, one, uh, and I would man-mark Ilya, and I would make Mario beat the press. Because right. But then, but again, so, but their option, though, is when they're in, like I said, a 4-4-1-1 or a 4-2-3-1, is playing either Acosta and or... Um, What's his name? I just talked about him. Efren Alvarez in the hole. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and neither of those guys are anyone that you're really worried about in terms of, def- from a defensive perspective. Right. Like, if right. Costa is the 10 and, and, and that's the guy that's supposed to be marking LA, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to eat that up all day yeah. long, right? Because at what you also end up doing is if, if Costa is actually allowed to be in the midfield, right, is that he ends up dropping down next to him and then mm-hmm. you're off to the races. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 it is a four two three one, like there's a different way to beat that with a four three three. Uh, it's getting your winger, your uh, not your wingers, your your fullbacks involved a little earlier, and then back into the midfield. Right, you mm-hmm. drag that, you drag their winger out of position by get by finding your fullbacks, and then your midfield can rotate over to support. And then once you've beaten the three, the line of three, you're off and running. Yeah. Uh, so and then, like I said, at that point, it's. You know, and then you know Edward is going to be pushing super high, 
right? So that exposes the defensive midfielder and the center back to, to Carlos Vela picking up that ball. Yeah, I mean, that's something like if you lose the ball, like because Edwards will, he'll make really, he'll make slaloming runs. We've all, we've all seen it. We've all oohed and awed at him a lot because he'll make the slaloming run through the middle of the field only to make a boneheaded pass or not pass or shoot it into the 50th row or, you know, something it's to dispossess him and then play behind because they're not, there's not going to be anybody covering and Uh guess, guess who's there all by himself, Carlos Vela. So like find his feet quickly if you can, uh, when you dispossess Edwards in those, on those runs. Yeah. This is where, like I said, if they kind of play in that mid block that they did today, like I'm okay with it. Yeah, right? it's what yeah. I thought they were actually going to do in that first one, right? Was be a little bit more defensive, defensively sound, be a little bit more pragmatic, sit back. Um, it's not what you kind of got in the long run because you know you had you had Chicharito pick up that early goal off the cross, right? right? And then it kind of puts you in a hole. So then now, now you're you're going to have to be on the front foot. But yeah, I think. Like I said, if it going into that one, right, you you have that opportunity to, like I said, be more pragmatic, soak up pressure, and then hit hit that counter. Yeah. And then I think, like I said, you should be good because, yeah, even the one the the five three game, that's kind of how they beat them. Mm-hmm. Right. It was mm-hmm. kind of you know, soak up a little bit of pressure, and find space. Right. Don't like don't give them any. You don't have to. You don't have to disorganize to to really defend against their attack you know exactly yeah. what their attack is they scored two two goals the same exact way a cross in from the left wing right because the fullback and the right attacking midfielder didn't rotate or didn't add enough pressure to the ball so like that's that's the other piece of instruction is like sifu's got to be back and he's got to add pressure to the ball when it's at the top of our box on the left side because that ball's coming in so yeah anyway i mean i kind of want to go back and look at their the um what do you call it? The Galaxy Dallas game, right? To see what Dallas ended up doing because mm-hmm. I feel like that gave them a lot. Whatever Dallas was able to do, the game just gave them a ton of trouble. Yeah, and Dallas is kind of built similarly to what we, you know, they're playing in a four three three. You know, they have they have all their all their forwards are guys that want the ball at their, at their feet. So there's something there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of kind of figuring what that what that is, right? Okay, next one here from Tom Camilleri at BroncoVan07. Not sure if we watched a real game or a FIFA 22 simulation on Xbox, but take the W and leave town. On the last pod, you mentioned how Vela can still body defenders and keep his feet while controlling the ball, which is exactly what he did on his goal. Hey, hey, uh, Chicho and B-Rod, take note. Uh, for a segment idea, how about a focus on a particular player sequence? Uh, I really liked, or you really liked from the game. Like the Acosta Cripo, Ilya Sifu Vela goal against Colorado. It doesn't always have to be a goal, but something that stood out to you as important. I, I mean, I like that. Um, I can definitely try and find those little things here and there. So that's a good idea. Um, it did, again, it did feel a bit like a, like a simulation, just like <laughs> I, for at least 45 minutes, I don't know what I was watching. Oh, yeah. And especially with it being, like you said, if you're watching it on Twitter or if you just, we're dealing, you know, the weather stuff that, you know, having to wait an extra three hours before the game started, right? It was, it was, this one was never going to end in a conventional manner. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one at my, uh, Michael King beats at, and I'll be you. 
How about a weekly World Cup segment, a group a week, maybe some of the bigger teams or contenders would get their own week, a dark horse week, a prediction week. I don't mind that idea, but I do know that, well, uh, like I, the total soccer show always did the best ones. I, we'll see what it looks like this year um, without Daryl involved. But uh, that would be my advice to Mike is if you, if you want like a really good synopsis of every single team and every group, uh, check out the total soccer show. They haven't started them yet. I, I think they typically start a couple months out, but yeah. Um, and Joe, Joe, you know, friend of the show, Joe Lowry, um, I think has been dropping, right. Has been, has been <laughs> doing a lot over there. And, and yeah, um, you know, he's, he's one that man, if there's ever a guy that, that we would want to be the third host of the show that yeah, gets to just yeah. come in and spit tactics for, you know, five hours, it would be him. Yeah. So, Mike, I, I I do appreciate the idea. I don't think um, I'm sure we'll talk about the World Cup uh, and do some sort of preview and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know that that we have the same juice as, as other shows that focus like more on the international game. But thank you. All right, next one at Sir Bensington. Not sure if you need a segment. You okay? This is just thank you for the compliment, Ben. Next one at Katie's Monster. I didn't get to see the last 15 minutes, but I thought the team was poor the entire first half. We didn't play. We have the we didn't play like we have the talent that we have. I am so happy to see Vela score, and he changed the game, in my opinion. Stoked for the three points. I know LAFC can do better than the first half. Yeah, I, spot on. Happy with yeah. the points. Not so happy with the performance, but what are you going to do? Just yeah. be happy. <laughs> uh, at the Bacchanal. Is just me or is that dude on Twitter the most lackluster announcer ever? <laughs> uh, someone must have dosed him with quaaludes. I swear he didn't even notice the second goal. I mean, it, Josh kind of talked about this. Like, we didn't even know the second goal was happening. And it, he was just kind of like, oh, and there's a chance. And, oh, there's a goal. I remember there was, that one, there was one point he didn't say anything for almost a minute. And then the ball goes to Carlos and he goes, Fela. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there's nothing else. What an astute analysis by oh, their announcer. Very good. Very good. I will say I don't I don't necessarily need my commentators to do a whole lot. I I actually really like when they will let moments breathe or, you know, I don't need them to be uh talking about every little thing all the time. I do like good color commentary uh about what they're what about what guys are seeing tactically or whatever. Um, but I don't necessarily need a whole lot. But that was that was even for me a little bit on the uh, on the boring side. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm like I'm one, I'm the one who likes to turn watch watch games with the sound off. Yeah, right? yeah, and right. So, like I said, considering I watch with the sound off, meant to be even more bored than than that saying something. <laughs> you missed absolutely nothing on that one. That to be totally honest with you, the best commentary was from all the Galaxy fans just hate watching uh, on Twitter and like you know, just, just commenting on everything. Uh, Rent free is all I have to yeah, say. What a miserable existence, man. Okay. Here's at Sir Bensington again, Nagby teaching LAFC midfield, how to play through balls. Chrysostomo is better than Janela. Bela can still turn it on. Mamadou is not a right back. Boom. And I appreciate him taking it from Acosta for the day or, but I appreciate him taking it from Acosta for the day. Subs immediately improved gameplay. Yeah. I mm-hmm. agreed on all points. Ben, yeah. nice, nice the build work. up, the midfield build up, all the thing, all the things that we complained about, you know, the other night, you know, definitely look 
They probably need work, but that definitely looks better. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. The last one we did in like an hour and a half. This one we're right at 55 minutes. Josh, you got anything else for tonight? No. I mean, like I said we're obviously we're heading on to, you know, what's seemingly the most important, not important game um, of the season every single time we play it. Um, yeah. But obviously I think with, with the stakes of open cup, um, it's definitely one that I think that I'm actually, you know, this one feels like it has more behind it. And I think, you know, the way that they rotated and these different things, you know, definitely puts us in a different mindset, all things considered. And yeah. so, um, but yeah, you know, so that obviously other than that, um, yeah, just, I said it, I'm I just am anxiously awaiting what the shoe to drop again, right? It, it's always fun yeah. to head into this part of the season. We're starting to hear the news, the Cellinis, the you know, whoever else they're gonna sign at 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 the number ten, but it just seems like it's gonna be Danny Chrysostomo playing in midfield alongside the rest of them. Um you know uh. who knows? Like who knows what it ultimately ends up being, like I said. We've we've been pleasantly surprised by the moves of the front office this season. Um, yeah. I will give them credit for that. So hopefully we'll continue to see them head down that head down that path. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you heard it, El Trafico on Wednesday. Uh, LAFC have not won in Carson, and this game is there. So uh, good place, to, uh, good time to exercise some demons uh, in advancing the Open Cup. Um, we'll see how it goes. We will talk to you all Wednesday night. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore uh, me at Kirk Kinsey and Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. Good night. We'll talk to you next time.